This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 10. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is the show that I made for people like you who are trying their hardest to learn another language because it's difficult and it takes a really long time. So I wanted to create something that is something you can listen to every week, twice a week to give you ideas, solve your problems, give you some motivation to keep going. And, you know, since I started the podcast, I was wondering, well, who's out there? Who's actually listening to me? So I'd love to hear from you. Why don't you drop me a line at ollie at IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and say hi. Let me know who you are, what you're learning and how you're getting on. I'd love to hear from you. Now let's get to today's question from Cecilia. Hi Ollie, I've been really enjoying your podcast. Today I've got you um, a question. I'd like to know how do you go about learning a language that is completely different to yours? Cecilia, thank you very much for your question. It's a great question because I've got a lot of first-hand experience with this and it's all about whether the language that you're learning is close to your target language or uh, to your target language, if it's close to your mother tongue or not. Now, I when I first started learning languages, I had a very similar experience to what lots of other people have, which is that I learned a bunch of languages that are relatively close to mine. Okay, so I am obviously a native English speaker. The first foreign language I learned was French. After that, it was Italian and then Spanish and then Portuguese. Now, this might sound familiar and lots of people kind of go in, in, a, in a similar route, which is to say they learn a lot of languages from the same root. French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, they are very, very close languages. And once you've learned one, learning the next is, is quite, I won't say easy, but it's relatively straightforward because a lot of the, voc- the vocabulary and the, and the grammar are very, very similar. You just have to, have to kind of learn how they, how to change from one to the next. And it's, you know, it's already fairly familiar to you. So I, you know, when I first started learning these languages, I thought I was great. You know, oh, look at this French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese. So you know, I was fairly pleased with myself until one day I got on a plane and went to Japan. And a year and a half, two years later, I still couldn't really speak Japanese. I, I just didn't know what was going on. Now the reason, of course, was that Jap- Japanese is extremely different to virtually any other language, uh, for, certainly from the West, and. But I, I didn't realize that at the time, and I, I just thought that I was you know, naturally pretty good at languages. But when I went to Japan and learned Japanese, I discovered the cold hard truth, which is that if you're learning a language that's especially that's very different to your own, you really have to work at it. And so I really resonate with your question, Cecilia, because, you know, it's tough. So that's my background. I learned a bunch of European languages, which were all very close together. And then after that, I went to learn Japanese and then Cantonese and then Arabic, which are all very, very different from English and have completely different uh, roots and whose whose grammar, vocabulary, pronunciation are also very difficult. So if you are learning a completely different language, how can you do it? Well, I'm going to give you three different tips, three different areas that you need to think about. The first of, of which is you need to leave plenty of time to get used to the language. The second is you need to have regular exposure. And then number three, deliberate practice. Okay, so number one, time. Number two, regular exposure. And number three, deliberate practice. So let's break these down a little bit. 
First of all, time. Now, the reason that time is so important is because one of the biggest dangers in learning a new language is the fact that you 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 sense that you're not getting it. You sense that you're not making progress, and this manifests itself in frustration. You get very frustrated at the fact that you, you just don't feel that you're 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 understanding that you're you know you're not you're not you're not you just, you just don't get it. You know, I know that you're familiar with this feeling. We've all had it, but. This is all based on the assumption that you should be able to study and learn a language, but it doesn't work like that. You need to leave a lot of time. Sometime, you know, who's the, I can't say how long, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months. But there comes a point where enough time has passed that you, you just start to, you start to get it. The language starts to make sense. And so whatever language you're learning, however you're studying it, you can't, you have to factor in time into the equation. All right, and if you're getting frustrated with something, remember this, and remember that you might just need to leave more time in order for it to all to make sense. So the point here is that it's not your fault if you are finding something particularly difficult in the language. You need to give it time. Now, time doing what? Well, this brings us to number two, which is regular exposure. Obviously, there's no point giving it plenty of time, but not actually doing anything with that time. So you need to make sure that every day, if possible, you're spending time with the language such that your brain can start to kind of process it, become familiar with it. And this means basically a lot of reading, a lot of uh, listening, and as far as possible, a lot of speaking with people as well. So if you're a beginner, then you can, the best thing to do is to go to your textbooks, use whatever materials you've got that have audio recordings, ideally with uh, with written text as well, so that you can listen and read at the same time. And, and then just try to keep this up every day. And again, not worrying whether you understand it or not, whether it all makes sense, but actually just being, just spending time with the language, just being surrounded by it. What will happen is that you're gradually, if you keep doing this over time, the differences... Your question was all about a language that's very different to yours. Well, the differences will gradually become familiar. So you stop being so kind of confused and bewildered by the differences, and they gradually start to make sense. This I know this doesn't sound particularly scientific, but this is exactly what happens. And, and, and I found, certainly with my Japanese and my Cantonese and my Arabic, that this is exactly what happens, and it's very difficult to quantify uh, for me, you know, six months has always been a threshold. In all the languages, in all of these languages, I found that after kind of six months of frustration and general study and whatever I'm doing, something changes after the six month time. So I, I always kind of try to keep in the back of my mind, well, yeah, let's just keep this up for six months because I know that something is, I'm going to reach a, a tipping point of a kind after six months. So you might like, that might help in terms of setting a kind of goal, um, milestone for you. Now, so that's number one. Number one is time to get used to it. Number two is regular exposure to the language. Number three is deliberate practice. Because if you're learning a language which has uh, tricky grammar, in particular, such as Russian or Arabic, for example, then you're, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to pick up all of the different intricacies of the language just by exposure. So you're going to have to get to a point where you start to deliberately practice the things that are difficult. And, you know, m most people will say that when you get to that stage, when it when it's time to start to get more accurate and to start to understand the language better, one of the best things you can do is to find a really good teacher. 
I don't think you need a, a, a teacher in the early stages of learning a language because, like I say, the most important thing is this familiarity. So you just need to spend lots of time reading and listening in order to in order for the language to become familiar to you. So you don't need a teacher for that. But when a teacher becomes really, really useful is when you've got to get into the nitty gritty of actually understanding and using these difficult grammar points, for example. So the, 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 it, it's easier said than done because finding a good teacher is extremely difficult. You, I, I often have to spend time with a whole bunch of different teachers before I find one who I really like. But what a really great teacher can do is to spot the mistakes that are becoming kind of ingrained in your in your language and they can and they can fix them they can then explain to you very clearly what those mistakes are and what you need to do in order to get over them and to improve and then they can also uh, suggest useful efficient effective ways of actually practicing and this is important because you know, even if you're a talented language learner or a natural language learner, there's only so much self-awareness that you've got. And a, a, a teacher who is who knows what they're doing can come in and can just take you to the next level and just help raise your general awareness of, of your language and how you're doing with it. So just to recap then, number one, you have to leave plenty of time to get used to the language. Number two, you need to get that regular exposure. You need to be spending time with the language every single day. And then number three, when it comes time, you need to find yourself a good teacher and set about understanding properly those whatever those difficult elements of the language are. So Cecilia, I hope that's helpful. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask me, Please do. You can go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash ask and you can leave me a voicemail message there. I'm also giving away three free copies of my Language Learning Foundations video course, which is the course that I wish I had when I first started learning new languages. It walks you through, through my exact step-by-step -step process of learning and becoming fluent in a new language quickly. If you'd like to win a copy, all you have to do is leave me a star rating and review on iTunes. You can do that by going to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash review. And then after this episode, which is episode 10, has aired, then I'm going to go through and I'm going to pick three people at random from all over the world and they will win a copy of the course, which is worth $97. Now, at the end of every episode, I like to recommend a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And today we've been talking about completely different languages and the importance of actually spending time with the language, getting that regular exposure every day. But sometimes, you know, that's easier said than done. It's all right if you're learning French or Spanish or a very popular language, but what about something like Arabic? At the moment, I'm learning Egyptian Arabic, and it's very, very difficult for me to find you know, resources that are, are, that are of any use at all to me as a beginner. And so the resource I'm going to recommend today has come along recently, and it's been a fantastic addition to the Arabic language resource family. It's called Talk in Arabic. It's been set up by my friend Donovan, and he has put together a whole, a huge collection of stuff from all different Arabic dialects, whether you're learning Egyptian or Moroccan or Saudi Arabic. He's got example sentences. He's got, uh, he's got lots of dialogues. He's got videos. If you're learning Arabic, this is something that you really do need to check out. If you'd like to check out Talk in Arabic, you can go to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash Talk in Arabic, all one word, and that will send you on to the site. You can also find this link and links to anything else that we've talked about in the podcast by going to the show notes, which are at IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash episode 10. So thanks, Cecilia, for your question. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.
episode 11 of the I Will Teach You a Language podcast.